Joy is an essential aspect of meditation. Joy belongs to meditation. The more joy we have, the better we can meditate. We always hope that meditation is going to bring us joy. Well, I hope so too, that it will do that for you. But if you don't bring some joy to the pillow, there's very little chance. How do we do that if we don't feel joyful? Well, first of all, we can be extremely grateful that we have this opportunity of a two and a half thousand year old tradition, which has been continually propagated and transmitted from teacher to disciple and is alive for us today. It's here. We can use it. It has all the explanations. Now that gratitude brings joy. Gratitude brings a loving heart. The heart is engaged. I cannot recommend enough to start your meditations with a feeling of gratitude. If it isn't that, that you have this marvelous chance to get near to this traditional teaching, then I'm sure you'll find something else to be grateful for. Whatever you can find, it opens the heart. And the heart has to be open so that we can practice wholeheartedly. So as we settle in this morning, just inviting you to turn the heart towards gratitude. Whether it's gratitude for these teachings, for the support and the time that we have here together. or for anything else in your life that you can appreciate. See if you can take that gratitude in deeply. Letting it enter your body. Certain kind of humility to gratitude. There's nothing in us that's demanding, that's requiring anything. Instead, the heart is oriented towards receiving, towards noticing and appreciating.
inviting this gratitude to be like a bud, a spring bud of joy, and just that invitation. And sometimes you can even notice this pull in the mind or the heart to complain, to find fault. Sometimes described as the negativity bias to always notice what's wrong, what could be better, not working. Yeah, but. It's a deep groove in the mind. The energy wants to run down that track. And just gently redirecting it. To dwell with that which is uplifting. Sometimes we say that mudita, when it's turned inward, becomes gratitude. When we appreciate our own joy, opportunity we have, the gifts in our life. perhaps inviting something else to come to mind, a moment of beauty here on retreat, a moment of connection, something simple. It doesn't need to be grand. And just let that memory or image come into your mind. And then we linger. We allow it to resonate through our whole being, like the body of a cello vibrating. The resonance of a string amplifies, amplifies the tone. We all have seeds of joy and happiness in our hearts, but we need to water them. We need to attend to them.
allowing the heart to appreciate to dwell with the nourishment of something beautiful or joyful. What a gift. And of course, we can't force it. The mind feels dark or empty if the heart is tired. That's okay. We I mean, just bring tenderness, bring tenderness to what is. It's like this right now. And we can learn to be a good friend, a wise companion of our own heart. Accompanying the thoughts, feelings, energies, and moods that are present with tenderness and understanding. It's okay. It's okay. Feel this right now. It's okay just to breathe, just to be right here with this. Allow it to live its life. The more you get to know this kind of tender, quiet acceptance, an inner acceptance of what is, the more you may find there can be a joy, just a joy in allowing ourselves to be with the truth. It's a subtle joy. It's about being aligned with the way things are rather than fighting and struggling against them. So we try to establish in our own hearts a sense of gratitude, well-being, or joy, just to the degree that it's available. Remember that, yes, 
there is this well inside. There is this potential for a welling up of appreciation, of goodness in our own heart. And then with some awareness of that within, we can turn our attention to this quality of mudita, celebrating, appreciating the happiness of another. I invite you to bring to mind someone in your life for whom it's fairly easy to rejoice, to join them in their good fortune or happiness. A good friend, a niece or nephew or child, mentor, a beloved pet, when they're happy, we feel happy for them naturally. Inviting an easy being to come to mind. and picturing them happy, doing something they love, connected with some joy or delight. And try to make that image as clear and vivid as possible in your mind's eye, or if it occurs to you more on the felt sense, really honing in on the kinesthetic awareness of being with that person and how it feels. to be connected to their happiness, their joy. And just allowing allowing the space of the heart to connect, to resonate. See what words come that are natural for you. To express 
that delight and appreciation. And also to highlight it. To allow ourselves to become more fully conscious of it. Whatever we pay attention to in the mind and heart grows. So we're watering this seed of joy by paying attention to it. I'm so happy for you. May this joy and happiness continue. May you enjoy this happiness. May it deepen and grow. Holding the image or the sense of the person in your mind's eye, aiming the heart to this appreciative joy, celebrating, joining in their happiness. And then finding just one or two phrases to help guide our attention stay connected to this quality. I'll offer some more options and you can see what connects for you or if perhaps there's some other words that feel more authentic. I appreciate the blessings in your life. I'm happy, happy. I appreciate the blessings in your life. I'm happy that you're happy.
May this joy and happiness grow. May it lead to your liberation. You're finding a good connection with this person. You can just continue holding their image, aiming the heart, offering the phrase. Or if you like, you can let their image fade and dissolve, staying with your own heart, feeling your body. And then invite another easy being. A relative, a good friend, niece, nephew. Exploring the flavor of this appreciative joy with someone else for whom it's relatively easy. You're just gathering momentum exploring the quality. If you're moving on, exploring another person, allowing their image or the felt sense of them to slowly become clear in your mind's eye or in your body and heart. How is it to be with this being? Share space with them. To hold their hands, to see their eyes. Have their eyes see you. 
And then we attune to the goodness, the happiness, the success or well-being. It's a way of seeing. We train our inner eye to notice and pay attention to the happiness, the blessings, the well-being of another. So picture them happy. Enjoying the blessings of their life. Allowing the phrases to arise. Just one at a time, giving our whole heart connect, honor, and appreciate. I'm so happy for you. May our happiness and good fortune continue. May it never wane. I appreciate the blessings in your life. May you enjoy them fully. Never be parted from these blessings.
okay to feel nourished by mudita. To allow yourself to enjoy and appreciate the flow of that delight and happiness. So once again, if you're feeling a connection with this being, things are flowing, you can just stay there, deepen, keep refining, connecting, letting it resonate. If you like, you can allow the sense of this being to slowly fade and dissolve. Staying with your own heart, rooted in your body. Traditionally, with mudita, we start with an easy being whomever that may be, is different for each of us. And then we begin to extend, we bring to mind a benefactor, and then a good friend. So if you like, whoever your easy being is, if it's a benefactor, then you might bring to mind a good friend. Or vice versa, if your easy being was a good friend, a niece or nephew, a pet, then you might bring to mind a benefactor, a mentor, an elder. So just dipping your toe into this next category, benefactor or a good friend, you choose. Allow this person to come into your awareness. With all of their complexity, all of who they are, just for right now, we begin to attend to the blessings, happiness. Allowing the sense or image of this person to become as clear and vivid as possible. Their hair, shape or line of their face, the way they hold their body, particular glimmer in their eyes,
attuning to the good fortune, the happiness in their heart, in their life. And allowing it to touch us. Joining them. Yes. Yes, I'm so happy for your happiness. Keep going. May this continue for you. May it nourish you fully and completely.
And so finally, in the last couple of minutes, like just letting that image fade and opening your heart to our community. Everyone here practicing on retreat, the staff, supporting all of us in our practice. And just opening to the possibility of appreciating the blessings, any happiness or joy in all of our lives. Good fortune, privilege of having this time of being here. having the support of one another, this facility and all those giving their energy and care to support us. May the blessings in your life continue. May they lead to your liberation. So we have a little time if there are questions about your practice. And I want to support us as a community to um, to try to balance the voices in the hall. Some of us feel more comfortable speaking in a large group than others. So um, I want to ask if you've asked a question in the hall already this week to hang back. Um, or if you have a small group today, 
you're meeting with one of us today, you'll have a chance to ask questions in those groups. So first want to make some space for anyone who hasn't asked a question in the hall and doesn't have a small group this morning. Start there and see. Yeah, please, Emma. Yeah. Sure, sure. So the question was, um, during walking meditation, where to focus one's gaze can be confusing, looking away in the distance, being unfocused, choosing a point, watching someone else moving. Um, Yeah, so there's there's no right answer, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, the, The guidance is to try to keep it simple and natural, right? So what feels the most easeful and natural for your own body and eyes? Yeah. So personally for me, when I do walking meditation, usually I let my gaze be, I don't know, about six feet-ish in front of me, downwards. And, you know, not focusing on a particular point, just kind of letting the eyes take in whatever information they need so I don't trip. (laughs) But most of my attention, if I'm doing mindfulness practice, will be on the sensations. And if I'm doing metta or one of the other Brahma Viharas, it'll be on the heart and the phrases. So whatever helps you, let the visual field be in the background. Go with that. Does that help? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so the question was, some, some folks in, in your life, you notice that they have or are experiencing something that you would like. And so it's a little bit harder to feel that mudita and that you notice that, you know, it can be there, but then there's some longing or craving or contraction that comes up. And should you start there? Or should you start with someone easier and then work up to it? Yeah. Um, so the the instruction the guidance is to all with these practices we play to our strengths always start where it's easier remember that image of the pools pools of water gathering so let it fill up there's there's a couple things happening there in the in the practice as i understand it when we start with an easy being um one we're just kind of gathering momentum in the mind particularly with this practice it's it's more complicated than mindfulness practice, right? There's an image, or there's a phrase, or there's the intention, and sometimes there's a feeling, and other times there isn't. It's kind of a lot to keep track of initially. So we want to, and then we're changing. 
we're going from compassion, now we're doing mudita. So it's different. So you want to give your mind and heart some space to just kind of feel it out and get the rhythm of the dance a little bit. So that's one thing that's happening. Another thing that's happening is concentration is developing. The mind is, is gathering, it's collecting. Once we get a feel for the coordination internally of the phrase, the image, the feeling, the intention, da, 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 then we're just allowing some stability and collectedness to form or to continue deepening. The third thing that's happening is we are honing our uh, felt understanding of the quality. And so it's like, I talk about the, um, one of uh, our colleagues who I've mentioned before, Heather Sundberg. Uh, she and, and others, Donald Rothberg, uh, Sylvia Borstein, when they teach the Brahma Viharas, they talk about the easy being as your muse. That's lovely, isn't it? Your muse is the person that puts us in touch with the quality. I use that image of a tuning fork. Right? So it's like we listen for that melody, for that muse. It's like, oh yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then you just steady yourself there, stabilize there. Let yourself really get to know the quality where it's easy. So that then when we move to that friend who things are going better for them professionally or in their romantic life or whatever it is, and it's a little bit of a tinge there for us, um, we have something to gauge against. We can feel it when it's a little flat or a little sharp because we've spent time with the easy being. Yeah, you're welcome. Please. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, sure. The question was just uh, kind of parsing out more the distinctions between metta and karuna. Um particularly in the felt sense in the body, how it appears. Um, I'll share a couple of things and see if my colleagues have anything, you know, other perspectives. Um, I think one thing to bear in mind with, with these qualities, and I was kind of referring to this a little last night, is that while they are distinct and can be practiced separately, that it's one heart. And so... Um, they're bound to be like overlap, yeah. And uh, to to not to avoid your question, but to also just be aware of any tendency in the mind to try to put things in boxes and have everything be clean and neat and tidy, and it's this way and it's not that way, right? Which is not the way things exist in nature. Everything is kind of flowing and changing and affecting everything else. Um. And that said, so um, 
for me, metta has um, a buoyant, radiant quality to it. It's um, you know, goodwill. It's the sense of a, a kind of undifferentiated warmth in the heart. Uh, it's like a, like a field uh, of goodness, kindness, uh, warm, so kind of slightly vibrating, connected, how it occurs to me. Um, karuna, compassion, um, is uh, for me with compassion, I'm, I tend to feel more connected to a certain strength with compassion. There's a there's more of a bass note in it, um, because the, because of the suffering that's there, and there's um, there's a softness and a tenderness to it, um, like uh, like holding um, uh, holding a bird's egg, maybe you know, like you know, holding something very tender and precious. Um, so it was very careful, and, and you know the grasp. You don't want to drop it, but you don't want to hold it too tightly because you crush it. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's there's more of there's like more of a, a, a sensitive, attuned quality for me with compassion because because of the responsiveness. It's like what's needed. What's needed? So there's that. There's that listening aspect to it. With a with a, that, it's it, the, the readiness of compassion. The karuna part. Carrie was talking about this yesterday. Karuna is the word we translate as compassion. Is as the same root as karma, action. It's something we do that has a, um, a different energy to it because it's there's a potential there. And then the anukampa, anukampa, uh, also translated as compassion. Sometimes I prefer the translation empathy. Anukampa is literally to to tremble with. That's the quivering of the heart. Right? That's that tenderness. But but it all has this kind of strength to it. Yeah. Anything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your questions. Um, so a couple of a uh, couple of logistics, and then some pointers for the day. Um, so uh, the affinity group today will be the BIPOC affinity group at two thirty in the council house. Um, we need. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we need a practice leader for the eleven forty five sit because you're going to be in a group whoever that person is. So somebody willing to sit up here. Thank you so much. Great. Um, So just a reminder, a few reminders on etiquette in the hall. So this is our sanctuary. This is a place where we come to support each other, to practice, um, to to honor this lineage and the Dhamma. This incredible gift that's come into our lives. Um, some of the ways that we can honor the um, 
the beauty and the power of of what has been offered to us um, is to come to the sessions on time, come a minute or two early, and stay through to the end, unless there's an emergency, of course. Um, and that goes for the periods when we're not here in the morning, there's a practice leader. You know, if you have a group and the group ends in the middle of a sit, don't don't come into the hall. Sit outside, sit in your room, wait till the wait till there's a transition period to come in. Um, it's also traditional um, in Asian and Buddhist cultures in a place of practice um, to not sleep or lie down in a in a place of practice unless you have a medical need, and there are a few people who have a medical need to lie down, but other words, to be relatively upright. (laughs) You know, back jacks are okay, but just notice, notice the difference in your body between kind of sitting where you're lying back and the kind of like, you know, (laughs) we get into sort of lounging as if we're watching TV. Okay? This isn't to try to control any of us. It's really about what's the quality of presence and dignity we're bringing to this space and to each other. Yeah. So just something to uh, to bear in mind. Two more little things. Um, please check the board, um, both for the groups. Even if you think you don't have a group today, you're like, no, my group's tomorrow. Check the board. Okay, if you miss your group, it's difficult to reschedule, so... Definitely check that board. And also check the board for notes, even if you're not expecting one. That's how we communicate with you. That's how the office communicates with you. So just once a day, just go over, check the board, scan, see if there's anything up there for you. There's a couple of notes that have been there for a day, so that's why I'm mentioning it. Uh, and last, it's just a reminder that we do have um, uh, deer ticks on the land here. Some of them do carry tick-borne illness. So um, it's, it's good to do a tick check once a day, um, especially if you're walking out in the hills. You don't need to be worried or afraid. Just, you know, be mindful. But there are mirrors in the bathrooms. That's what they're there for. So you can check all the parts of your body. You can run your hands over your skin everywhere. Um, it's just a good practice while you're here for safety to check your body once a day. So some some tips, some pointers for today. Um, we're really in the heart of our retreat here. You've all been practicing really hard, been showing up. No matter how you're evaluating your practice, no matter what your mind is saying about how it's going, it's going. <laughs> you're in it. Um, Let yourself really sink in. You know, stay here. Stay here in your mind. Notice a tendency to drift, to go off to home, to plan. Come back, come back. Stay here, stay close. Stay close to your own person, to your own body, to your own space. Notice when your attention goes out far. Oh, what are they doing over there? No, no, Bring it back. Keep it, keep it here. It doesn't mean you can't smile at someone, but let your energy stay very collected and close to your person. Um, as far as the mudita practice goes today, 
Um, you you have some options. As we've been saying, there's creativity, there's flexibility here. So some of you, you might choose to stay with the metta practice today. You know, if you're really grooving on that or, you've, you know, you want to do metta for yourself, great. Go for it. Maybe you really connected with the compassion practice yesterday and you're wanting to continue with that. Great. You've got the tools. Do it. Or you might want to continue exploring the mudita. So it's your choice how you want, which, which practice you want to work with today, okay? Remember the principles one moment at a time. Give all your attention to one phrase, one moment. If you're radiating, just one moment at a time. Start where it's easy. Gather momentum. Don't push. We're not stretching, not pushing or forcing. Okay? You can always go back to where it's easy. Stay balanced. It starts to get too intense. You get dysregulated. You're struggling. Take a little break. Go back to mindfulness practice. Feel your breath. Do some walking. Okay? Trust your own wisdom. The Dharma's in you. It's not up here. As far as the categories go, so today, this morning, we started with easy being, benefactor or friend, and continue to explore that today with the mudita. If you feel like you're gathering momentum, you're really honing in on it, you want to move on to uh, the friend or even the neutral person, feel free to do that. Pace yourself, take your time, there's no rush. And then uh, just remember the, the walking, the core part of the practice. Um, so keep the phrases or at least the intention going with the walking. If it's easier to just do metta in the walking, great. Do metta for yourself, man, be happy, man, be well. And be happy, man. We'll come back in the hall or your room or sitting outside and then do the mudita or the compassion practice. It's fine. You can shift like that with walking and sitting. And then last thing, don't overlook the times in between. Those transitions from one practice period to another, those breaks after the meals, they're really, really valuable, particularly at this point in the retreat. You have a lot of momentum now. You can ride that momentum. If every time there's a transition, you put the practice down, it's like you let all that momentum that you worked to build up in the practice slowly fizzle, and then you've got to start again and get it going again. It doesn't mean contracting or pushing or forcing. It'll just let there be like a light thread of continuity. Where is your mind going? What are you doing with your attention? Just keep bringing it back and staying with it. Enjoy this beautiful day. Enjoy your practice. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.